Welcome to Northgate's podcast. We pray that you're going to be blessed by hearing God's word. May you be filled with hope as you believe and trust in Jesus. It's always a joy through going the epistles, through the epistles, Paul's writing. Um, and definitely so encouraged by that. So Galatians 6, just for those wondering, we're going to start our summer series on practical lessons from the wisdom literature that mostly being from Proverbs, a little Ecclesiastes, and actually one from the Song of Solomon, if you can guess what that's about. So that'll be coming up this summer. We're excited about that and then in the fall we'll head back and carry on through the word of god in the book of ephesians but last week we talked about the spirit-filled church you might remember that if you didn't listen that's online um but a lot of talking about what just a few areas what that looks like being in each other's lives uh, helping each other when we fall restoring one another Um, supporting those in leadership and we talked about not growing weary while doing good remember that let's keep going right even when it's hard to keep going let's keep going but i kind of skipped over two verses verse seven and eight Uh, context was kind of verse six let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches do not be deceived God is not mocked, Galatians 6, verse 7. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows of the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. I'm a firm believer in teaching all God's word. Amen. We can't leave out some of the verses that might be a little more hard in some ways. But we want to talk about verse 7 and 8 here quickly this morning. Just entitled this, A Warning and a Promise from God's Word. A Warning and a Promise from God's Word. Last weekend, my son was visiting from Michigan, and his car is quite old, so they rented a car to come here. They actually ran the Ottawa Marathon, Caleb and his wife Isabel. It was quite interesting because when they got home, they couldn't move, uh, nor for the next day or so. But his car was there, and he was in a state of not moving uh, on return Sunday evening evening and I had to move his car because it was in front of the garage and I couldn't get mine out and I and I went to go and I put the key in and it wouldn't start so I do the normal things then check if it's in park you know or like okay maybe it wasn't in park you check it's in park why isn't it starting and then comes this light these new vehicles will not start unless your seat belt is buckled so I don't know if your car this is like a 2000 22 or 3. I have a 2022. It doesn't make me do that. Not that I don't put it on anyways. But actually, my car is interesting that uh, it will start all right. But I'll tell you, it starts, if you don't have your seatbelt on, it's like ding, ding, ding. 
And then ding, 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 ding. And then like ding, quite loud. And the crazy thing with that car is it even does it for the people in the back seat. So if it's sensing someone sitting in the back seat, you will get the warning, warning that you're to have your seat belt on. Aren't you thankful for the warning of a seat belt? I know many people have been in accidents, and if it wasn't for their seat belt, they wouldn't be alive. You know, today in the age of the spirit of fear, some warnings go a little too much. Think of the weather sometimes, that every day seems to be a snow day in winter. But really, warnings are very important. Very important for us. And we see them all around in life, danger ahead, where we can, for instance, swim or not swim, not to light a match at a gas pump, right? Like, that's pretty good. There's fumes there. And why are warnings there? Because danger has happened previously, right? Now, some of us can maybe avoid those warnings because what we hear is, well, I don't think that's a problem. Yeah. I don't think that's a problem. So never mind the warning. I don't care about my seatbelt. All right? I've never been in an accident or whatever. And we justify in our heads why? Because we have never experienced something. Well, thus then, I am not going to heed the warning. But the problem is people through experience in the past in terms of human warnings have experienced danger, thus creating the warning label or dinging sound. So God is perfect and his love for us is perfect. Amen? And we start there and we know that God is perfect. God knows us. God created us. God knows what's right for us. I've said many times before and I'll say again, He knows that sin hurts his children. God is not trying to put you in a box. God knows, and he loves you so much, he doesn't want you to be hurt, so he gives you warnings of sin in Scripture. Okay? So it's like a parent with the child, and we say, don't touch the stove, you'll get burnt. And we give them a warning, because we know the pain that will be inflicted upon them. And we would say a young one or a toddler does not have the capacity to understand the warning, but needs to trust the one who knows better. Amen? Now this is really important as we go through, because often as children of God, we think we know better. So as we look at this passage in verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not. And just in those words, there's some really powerful thoughts. Deceived in the Greek can be stray, wander, to roam into error, to be led astray. We've heard it already in the book of Galatians in chapter 3. Deceived you, right? That you would think that by your own works. And here, 
who slowly led you into error that you wandered, think of a drift, like drifting. Oftentimes in summer when we're at the cottage and you get an inner tube or a floaty, you go a bit and you close your eyes and you float and you don't realize, if you don't open them in five minutes, the wind just slowly drifts you, right, till you're very far from where you need to be. Our enemy, I've said it before, I'll say it again, isn't your neighbor, isn't the person who's hurt you, isn't yourself. Our enemy is the devil. The devil doesn't jump out at you. The devil slowly deceives you, desiring that you would stray and wander from what is true. He will always try to mock God and what God says. Think about that. Even in the garden, Genesis 3.1, when the serpent came to Eve, says this, Has God indeed said, Do you think that will really happen? God said, Don't eat from that tree. Right? What does Satan do? Did God, you really think God meant that? Do you think that he'll do that? Do you think he'll actually die? Did God mean what he says? And here is this deception. That word mocked in Greek means that we turn up our nose in scornful disdain. And what happens in this deceived, this slow wander, it turns us to this place of denial and mocking of what is right. It's always a progression. Psalm chapter 1 makes it clear, right? I've been taught on Psalm 1 in a while, but you see the progression that happy is the man, right, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. And then there's a progression to standing in the way of sinners and sitting in the seat of the mocker. So we start, is that really true? Did, did God say that? Well, doesn't look like that to me. You see that? And the progression to compromise with sin, and then it leads us to the place of mocking and disdaining what God has said. This not only is shown biblically, in history, the history of the church, you can see this all over. You can see generation of families. You can see churches that start right and they slowly take in the counsel of the world and it slowly brings them to a place of compromising with sin which leads them to mocking what is true. Yeah, good, right? It is true. And I've often said some of these Ivy League schools, which we consider some of the most liberal, started as seminaries, do you know? <laughs> Harvard, Princeton, Yale, yeah, that's where they started. Some of these denominations that we would say are accepting of sin started in holiness. Every revival, history tells us, only lasts 40 years. Good kings led to bad kings, 
right? Unless God stepped in and there's this progression. But that's why we have God's word. And God's word says, do not be deceived. Stop. Stop the progression. Well, we can. The book of Judges is interesting, and I'm sure you've all heard before. The last verse says something like this, that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Instead of having an anchor of truth, responding to warnings of God, everyone did what they thought was right. As I continue, this is a big concern for me, those I love, and for the church. That we've come to a generation that isn't listening to the truth of what God says, and we're more dependent on what we think or what we feel is right or wrong. And this leads to destruction. Period. How many times do I hear, well, I'm not going to do that because it doesn't make sense to me. This is not who I think God is. Bad lingo, bad logic. God says who he is in his word. God tells us what is acceptable. And if we will turn to a place where we say, I don't think that's wrong. This is how I made This is what I feel. This is the way I see it. It will lead to seeds that will be sown to the flesh. There's nothing hidden, Luke 18, 17, that will not be disclosed. And nothing concealed that will not be known or brought into the open. That is... God's word. But remember, this isn't he's out to get us. This is he loves us. He loves us to say don't do that. He loves us to warn us. Right? And he loves us to say be careful. I see you. I love you. Hebrews chapter 3 Another warning. And some people want to justify away the warnings, but never take the warnings out of God's word. I'm not here to get into an argument of eternal security or man's responsibility, but I am here to teach the truth of God's word. Amen? And warnings are clear. And Hebrews says clearly, if You are going to continue with sin. It will harden your heart and lead you to a place of unbelief. That's why it says, exhort one another while it's today. Don't do that. Because it can lead to a hardened heart. So, Make sense? 
God's word is clear. Don't be deceived. Don't fall into the trap of slowly falling astray, believing what you think is right above what God says. No. Understand, whatever a man sows, he will also reap. That's the warning. If you sow to your flesh, it will lead to corruption. In Galatians chapter 5, we didn't spend too much on it. We spent more time on the fruit of the Spirit. But don't skip over verse 19, 20, and 21. Because if you continually practice in sin, you are putting yourself in danger. And we need to make that clear. So... As we continue, we know there's really another side of that. There's a warning and a promise. If we sow to the Spirit, we'll reap everlasting life. Amen. Oh, yeah. Come on. This is the good news. Well, it was actually good news that God loves us so much to warn us because he loves those he disciplines, right? That's Hebrews as well, chapter 12. But here he says, you know, if you don't do what your flesh, justify what your flesh wants, and you choose to just walk and live in the Spirit, man, that will reap everlasting life, may I add, joy and peace and a whole bunch of other good things. I thought about this, and here maybe we're in a situation We don't want to be deceived. We don't want to do fleshly sinful things. We want to do what the Spirit is. And as I thought about this in my counseling, a lot of people struggle with sin. And I'm not excusing sin. Sin is wrong. But bad stuff has happened to a lot of us. Stress, pain, you know that? Sin, I say the problem's not the problem. It's not always, okay, just stop. I can be like, just stop it. Don't do that. Don't follow the flesh. And, you know, sometimes you meet with people and you're like, and they'll say to me, you don't know the pain I feel. You don't know the hurt. You don't know the baggage I carry. You don't know the stress. You don't know life. And sometimes we choose just to gratify the flesh to try and deal with the pain. Does that make sense? And sometimes we try to simplify like, don't do. And then someone's saying like, oh, yeah, but. And I I don't know. And I take time to listen. And I think all of us have those things where life has been difficult. And you could go back, you know what? Childhoods have been difficult. Everyone could say something about their childhood. Everyone probably could say something about their job. Some are worse than others. Some have made bad choices. Some are themes. Some downright awful. And then it comes to a place where it hurts so bad, so lonely or so painful, and you're faced with the decision in that moment. Do I gratify the flesh to medicate? Or do I choose to walk? In the spirit. That's 
decision time. Wait, you know what? I've seen it a hundred times from little things to big things. People say sin. Well, I did this because this person did this to me or this happened to me. So I justify my action by doing this because I think it helps me and hurts them or just helps me or medicates me. And that's why I'm doing it. But in that moment, in that difficult time, what you're doing in the midst of the pain is you're sowing to the flesh, which will make it worse. And God has a better way. And today it's not slap your hand, don't go that way. It's see the love of God, because that's all of Galatians, right? See his grace and his goodness. And he says, don't sow, put your seeds in the midst of your pain or wherever you are, whatever's going on, to gratify your flesh, because that will lead destruction and worse. But come and abide and know my love. And then that dovetails perfectly with obedience. Come on. There's a preacher who says, that's a good word. I'm going to say that. That was a good word. We can't take away our obedience from God's love. It's not like, oh, all grace, God's love, and I don't do anything with it. Scripture, like, oh, they're so perfectly put together, so beautiful, where Paul would say, will I continue in sin? God forbid. Why would I do that? Because of his love and as I abide in his goodness, I then see it, and I love him back by obedience. You know, we talk about abiding, and it's so true as knowing God's love. Just, you know, like sit in him as the, the fruit on the, on the branch in the vine. Just sit in him, and you get the nutrients of that. But in John, when he talks about abiding, as you follow it through, he says, you abide by obedience as well. So it's this perfect balance of being in his love, abiding, and then abiding by obedience. And it works so perfectly together that it brings in the midst of pain, joy, and life. And when Satan's going to lie to you, Oh, no, you know better. Oh, God said, Do you think, did he think he said that? This is how you feel, right? You think you're wrong. You think your feelings are wrong. You think how you perceive truth is wrong. Oh, what a deceiver, right? And he just wants to hurt us. But so often we can fall prey to that to think we're doing what's right in our own eyes in how we view God instead of what he says. Don't be deceived. Right? It will only lead to destruction. And by the way, you might think, well, nothing's going wrong now. I'm getting away with it, doing what I think is right. One thing I'm learning, for good and bad, give it a little time. Right? Give it a little time and we will see that what God says is true. If we, in the midst of the pain, choose the flesh to medicate, it will lead to 
definitely difficult things. All right. That's pretty much it. Is that good? Yeah, praise God. We don't need to add. I just three things in context. One in context to another. Number one, verse six was all about what? Generosity. Okay, so we can't go outside of scripture in terms of generosity. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Basically, if you'll choose to walk in the spirit and be generous, God will bless it. If you choose to medicate your flesh by buy, buy, buy and be selfish, in the long run, it doesn't work out. Everybody okay with that? You think God's true? All right, take out your wallets. Just kidding. We're not that kind of church. We don't even take an offering if you're worried. God takes care of us. How about that, right? Um, no, but generally, when you're getting low or worried, and you're, oh, it's going to happen, do you choose to do what God says and be generous because he'll take care of you? Or do you see your bank book and say, no, I, uh, I think I'm going to... Or pleasure yourself with purchases and so forth and so on, right? Which is another way to medicate. Hold on, be tight, be comfortable. But hey, God, he's not wrong. And the only thing I'll say about that, in my experience, I'm not that old 50, God has never not been right with this in my life. That's all I can say, but that's not what the sermon's about today. Number two, in the context of the book, not only in that verse that precedes it, But we need to know clearly that we need to walk in the spirit when it comes to legalism, not have it a part of our lives, right? So it's not only about, say, sin, and but it's just as much sin to strive to create God's love in your life as doing something else bad. Sometimes we don't think that way, but in the context of the book, it looks good to the world. But Paul's saying, listen, guys, if you think by circumcision or doing something right that you're going to continue uh, in the flesh to please God, think again, that's sin. Don't go that way, but rather go to the Spirit. Amen? So we see that application within the, the whole book. Don't strive. To accomplish, don't think your work is what saves you, but simply abide in the work of Christ and do what he says. So, application six, money two, let's not be legalists, let's not judge people, let's not bite and devour judging people, but let's truly be driven by the work of Christ on the cross and let's respond by doing what he says. Good. Number three. We're talking about actions here in what we do. But I just, yeah, as we just finish here, it starts in your mind. It starts, yeah. It starts in our minds. You know, Temptation's an interesting thing in James. I don't know, it's a, it's a progression as I talked about. But it's like we get crazy thoughts. Anyone ever get crazy thoughts? Like you're driving and you're like, where did that thought come from? Like, yikes! And we all like, woo! 
Wee! Right? The challenge from temptation to sin and this going to the flesh and the spirit, because Satan, temptation is common to all men, is going to be throwing stuff at you. It could be anything. It's not just like uh, outward sinful. Like it can be pride, arrogance. It can be um, letting anxiety take hold. It can be worry. It can be fear. You get these thoughts like, I wasn't worried about that before. And all of a sudden I'm thinking like, what if? And this and that and blah, blah. Here's where this, just this last application. There's a temptation in that moment. I'm going to think on that. And the more you think on it, and this is James again, the more it becomes reality to action. Okay? So we're all tempted. This is what I'm saying. To sow to the flesh in the midst of a problem. Or sometimes we get these crazy thoughts. The moment that thought comes, it's, I can't let that take hold. Do you hear me? It's time to reverse (laughs) out of this. And not allow the devil to keep talking. You know what Eve should have done? Good bye and good riddance. But we listen and then we think and then we ponder and then all of a sudden we're led to a place we didn't want to go. The old Chinese proverb per se and I've always taught this with this idea of temptation. Am I going to do what the flesh wants or not or what I think is right or... If, if that thought is a bird and it's flying above your head, you invite that bird on your head to make a nest and you're in trouble. What do you got to do? Keep moving. Hello. You guys think I'm crazy? Let's bear down focus two more minutes. This might happen when you leave this place this afternoon, this evening, Monday. You're going to face temptation to reap to your flesh. God's going to remind you of pain in your life or you're just going to want to do something. Whatever it is. And you will have a decision. I, I didn't want to think that. Now I have this thought. Get going. Keep moving. As we learned two weeks ago, walk in the Spirit. Do you understand it? I am not going to sit in the flesh and embrace what is not true. But I'm going to move away in my mind and not be deceived. Because I know who God is. I know His love. I know His Spirit. That leads to life. No more justifying by what I think is right. Go by the truth of God's word. This is the world we live in. Do you hear me? 
I'm not going to go any farther than this month. This is the world we live in. But God has so much more. And God loves people. And that bottom root of brokenness and pain, He wants to meet with His Spirit. And not the works of the flesh. He's good. Amen. You guys told me this morning. You called it out. Of who He is. A warning and a promise. Don't justify to walk in the flesh. Promise. If you'll walk in the Spirit, abide in Him. It will lead to life. So the next time you're in pain or stress or just want to do something, know His Word is true. you believe it? That was weak. Do you believe it? Yes, because it starts with belief. Amen. So thank you, Jesus, this morning for the truth of your word, the warnings, the promises. God, you know us better than we know ourselves. <laughs> You're the creator. Holy, holy, holy. We, we read at the end of this, you are worthy because you've created all things. You know what is right. You know what is good for us. You know what is truth. And Lord, we're not here to condemn anyone. We know we have failed. And so now we focus on Jesus in our pain point, as we mentioned this morning, in our storm, as Satan wants to take us to a place that will hurt us. We focus on Jesus, His grace, His love, His forgiveness. We focus on God, how He loved us to send His Son. And we say, come, Holy Spirit, come. As we take communion, we simply want to abide in You, in knowing what You've done and who You are. We want to live in your grace. But Lord, your word is so instructive to help us. We give you thanks this morning. This is the most important part of our service is looking at Jesus and what he's done for us. Maybe you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'll just simply say that he loves you so, so much. All of us in this room can say we've blown it. We have been deceived. We have at moments in our life sown to the flesh. But we claim the forgiveness and the love of Christ. And this morning, if you've never done that, you can be forgiven. Praise God. You can be free. That brokenness, that pain can receive healing in seeing the truth of what God has done for you. The Word of God says we need to be born again in belief by simply choosing in our heart to believe in Jesus and confessing 
him with our mouth. That he died and that he rose again. That he paid the price for our sin. That we are forgiven. That we need to receive. You can do that on your own this morning. We don't do a big show here. You could just say, Lord, I want to trust you. I want to deal with things. I want to receive your grace. I desire to live in eternity forever with you. I just encourage you, if you've done that, just share that with someone. After the service or on the phone, send us an email. We just love to support you in that journey. And for the rest of us this morning, we just praise you, Jesus. And if we've been going astray, we come back to the forgiveness of God. Maybe this week we certainly have sown to the flesh. We claim the forgiveness of God and realize it's a new day. And your grace is sufficient, amen? And your grace covers all that junk, that sin. We believe it. And would you help us this week when temptation comes to sow to the flesh that we will in that moment choose so to the spirit bring life lord bring strength and bring courage the elements are in the back we'll be ready to pray for you anyone who needs any prayer any physical healing any confession just maybe you want to pray about something we just want to provide that opportunity as it's scriptural that the elders might pray for you If not, just enjoy Jesus and his goodness and grace today. Let's worship him together. Thank you for joining us for this message this morning. If you'd like more information about Northgate, you can find us on the internet at northgateministry.com. We'd love to hear from you and have a great week.